0: Welcome back, everyone, to After the Sermon Ends. We know that after the sermon ends, the conversations begin. Uh, Today, we are joined by two very special guests. We are joined by Todd Sutherland, who preached our message on Sunday about divorce. Welcome back, Todd. You've been on before, right? Hey.
1: Yeah, it's been since January, but I have.
0: Yep. All right. Excited to be back. And our even more special guest, his wife, Amy Sutherland. Here Uh, I am. (laughs) Yep. The... The one more responsible for uh, influencing Todd than anyone else except for the Holy Spirit. So we <laughs> are glad to have you on, Amy.
2: Yes, happy to be here. Thanks for asking.
0: Yeah, so uh, this week's topic is on divorce, following along in the greatest sermon of all time from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew five thirty-one and 32. Uh, Todd, why don't you take us into a quick recap of the message from Sunday?
1: Sure thing. So as you recall, uh, we're in the, the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher that I've ever lived, the Sermon on the Mount, starting in Matthew chapter 5, and we're in what uh, Marcus and Jared were referring to before as the sixth antithesis, and this is one of those. And uh, it, I'm just going to read the passage because it's only two verses. It's Matthew five thirty one and 32. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. Mm-hmm. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery, and whoever, whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So that was the the original text there that we're starting from. And if you'll remember, this was this was Jesus teaching, and he was trying to show these people that around that were listening, and, and he was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees that were the religious leaders there. He was trying to show them that, the righteousness that they thought was good enough to save them wasn't good enough. It was not enough. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, proven that it was a matter of the heart. So he just, he used this example of divorce as one of those things. So basically the message was, we talked about that. And then we went into Mark chapter two or Mark chapter 10 verses two through 12. Yeah. And that's a long passage, but it's basically where the Pharisees came to Jesus. And they, they asked him the same question again later. And he went into some Old Testament stuff and said, "What did Moses say?" And he quoted some Old Testament scripture. And at the end, uh, he basically told them, I, "I know that's the way that Moses allowed you to view divorce because of the hardness of your heart. But I, but I'm here to tell you that it's a heart matter. Mm-hmm. It's the action is also bad. But as we've been learning from this, these passages, it starts in the heart." Right. So, um, he, Jesus went on to say, what God has put together, let no man separate. Mm-hmm. So really he was just saying, there's really, you guys, there's not a whole lot of excuses. Yeah. That's what he was saying. It's a matter of the heart. That's good. So we went there for the first half of the sermon and the second half was more along the lines of what makes a marriage fail? What makes marriages last? And we went into God's love, true sacrificial love, like the love Christ has for the church. And we ended up with reconciliation mm-hmm. and how God intends for all marriages to be one man and one woman for one lifetime,
0: yeah, that's really good, um yeah, Amy, what were some of your thoughts coming into Sunday watching your husband preach on stage?
2: yeah, so you know, we threw around a bunch of ideas, and he you know we talked about it a lot in the weeks before, um while Todd was preparing, and it's just such a daunting uh topic because. It's it's so prevalent in society and you know and it affects Christians and non-christians and it is just um, it's just become a way of life um, and so we were worried you know and I was that you know it would just becomes something that's just uh, just a downer mm-hmm. but I really loved how uh, Todd brought into the fact um, that just if we can love each other the way Christ loves us yeah how would it not work mm-hmm and so I think it was very uplifting to see that, um, you know, just come forth with all the Bible verses.
0: Right, right. And that's part of the reason why I wanted you to join us today, so that you and Todd can kind of share with us some of the, the secrets of the trade of how to have a, a lasting marriage and, <laughs> and pursue Christ through that. Um, you, you guys are coming up on an anniversary soon, right? Yes. How long mm-hmm. is that going to be for y'all?
2: Uh, this June seventh will be nineteen years.
0: Nineteen going on seventy-eight. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you guys, and Thank we'll we'll you. get into that. Um, but first, like, let's keep digging in on what you're talking about with the with the matter of the heart. Um, last week's quote from, uh, from the podcast and the one that Jared kind of butchered a little bit was um, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart So and what
1: you're trying to say is the heart of the matter is the heart of the matter <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep you're welcome yep. Jared yeah yep.
0: um, yeah Jared emphasized that three times in, in his sermon a couple weeks ago and it was it was pretty funny but um, but yeah with these antitheses Jesus is taking it. Away from the letter of the law, and he's taking it back to the heart. Um, in this, in this instance, um, Todd, you brought up about how uh, marriage back then it was so easy to just end a marriage and remarry anybody that you wanted, and, and you could end a marriage for any reason that you wanted. Um, but Jesus is saying, like, except on the grounds of sexual immorality, then like you shouldn't you shouldn't pursue divorce as an option for your marriage, and it because of the heart of it is that the two have become one flesh in a marriage. They, they're now reconciled together, brought together, combined to be one person, just as Christ has exemplified in his sacrifice on the cross for the church. And he's taking it to the heart. Whereas the people just wanted to escape by using the law to their advantage to pursue their own desires. Um, so when you think of of marriage and divorce from that perspective um this can go to either one of y'all um you know how can we keep like divorce and marriage like a matter of the heart as opposed to just treating it as just our everyday lifestyle com- like compared to everybody else
1: Yeah so I was <clears throat> I was taking a look back at the the text that I was talking about while you were saying that and and it it, it occurred to me that in the Mosaic law which was the, the Deuteronomy uh, passage, Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4, he says, uh, if then she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her. Mm. And then it goes on to say, and he writes her certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out. So, so the words there translated into English are if he has found some indecency in her. So it's interesting to me, that when Jesus asks in Mark 10 through 2 through 12, when the Pharisees come to test him and they say, you know, is it okay to to divorce your wife? Jesus says, what did Moses command you? And they say, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. Mm -hmm. But notice they didn't say, in in other words, they had moved past the reasons for why this would be, a viable option and they had just focused in on the the part that they could Mm -hmm. not they should or why they could, but just that they could. Yeah. They didn't answer him and say, well, if, if she's caught in sexual immorality or if he is, they, they went straight past that and said, well, Moses said we could write a certificate of divorce. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. That right there proves that Jesus was trying to tell them, Hey guys, it's deeper than that. Yeah. It's about, it's about, Where's the love? Where's the where's the union that Christ put together that no one should separate? It's Mm -hmm. deeper than that. It's in the heart. It's a matter of the heart. Yeah, that's good.
2: Absolutely, it's almost like throughout all of the things with the the antitheses. Did I say that right? Yeah. I can't say it again. (laughs) Um, That you know, the Israelites had just begun checking off boxes Mm -hmm. and doing the things. You know, oh well, if I don't do this, but I can do this, and. Like Todd said, Jesus flipped the script on him and said, hang on, just because you checked off these four boxes doesn't mean you actually did the thing. Yeah, uh, You have to actually follow it up with your heart and love. And so with the divorce topic, it's more of, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into this soon, um, but loving, and it all comes down to the heart and sacrificial love.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know what? This makes me think of uh, one of my favorite but most just gut-wrenching stories uh, from Jesus was the story of the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. The rich young ruler came to Jesus, I, I think it was by night or something, I can't remember, I'm not looking at the passage, mm-hmm. but he came when nobody else was around and he said, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And yeah. Jesus, And Jesus, looking at him, perceived his heart. Mm-hmm. And he saw what was important to him and he said, go sell. This is not something he would say to every person. Jesus was looking into his heart specifically and seeing where his idols were. Yeah. And he told the guy, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come and follow me. Mm -hmm. And it said the guy hung his head in shame and went away because he was very wealthy. Mm -hmm. And so the point is he had been keeping the commandments since he was young, like, like Nicodemus, the same, same story. Mm -hmm. Been keeping the commandments since he was young, since he was a boy, but Jesus said, "That's not enough. Mm-hmm. I, I need your whole heart. yeah, I need all of it. That's good. Not just not just pieces here yeah. and there, not just the, like Amy said, not just boxes to be checked off. The thing about the checking off of the boxes is that we can do that without Christ. Uh, we can do that with no righteousness. yeah we can we can just do that because we're disciplined mm-hmm. and that's just not good enough, but we need Christ's righteousness,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then you you went into a different part in your message about like why marriage has failed, and you listed off a, a bunch of reasons. Um, like, why why do you think? Um, like, what, what were some of those biggest reasons that you had from your message?
1: Yeah. Um. So the main reason I think, and this this is an across the board answer, but I would say selfishness. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of people, most people, enter into a marriage. Uh, because they have some needs or some wants in their lives, they're looking for this marriage to fulfill. Yeah, And I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't do that, you know, 19 years ago. But God has had his hand on mine and Amy's marriage, and he has saved us from a lot of trouble over the years yeah. because we were willing to realign our marriage and put him in the middle. That's, that's, good. that's the reason. Yeah. That's the reason we've lasted this long. But um, the main thing is selfishness. Some other stuff I had written down was a lack of Christ-like love, lust as the focal point of a marriage, mm-hmm. <clears throat> infidelity is a big one. But uh, also, here's one that that hit me last week while I was studying: uh, obsession or idolatry towards a spouse. Some some people will put their spouse above God yeah. in their mind. Now they might not admit that. They might not say, "No, no, no. I don't put my sp- I don't hold my spouse above God." But where, where's your heart? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And here's the problem with that. No matter how wonderful your spouse is, which they can be, they're not perfect. And you're not going to get the true love of Christ and the righteousness and all that that you need. You're not going to get that from your spouse, mm-hmm. no matter what. So the idea there is if you're looking for that in your spouse, you're eventually going to be let down. You're eventually going to come to the conclusion that this isn't working. I'm not getting what I need or what I want out of this relationship.
0: That's good.
2: Josh, did Todd just say I'm not perfect?
0: He did. I, uh, did, uh, I on, didn't mean that. On recording, so you can, you can right. play it back anytime.
2: He's right. I'm not perfect. Okay. Yeah, and another reason that um, I think that div- the divorce happens is you know, you're looking for a soulmate. "Quote unquote," right? You can't yeah. see me making air quotes here, um, but if you're looking for someone to complete you um, and to fill in all of the missing pieces of you, that's just not something that somebody else can do for you. Um, and Todd, you know, shared with us that those people looking for soulmates are looking for things that only a uh, engaged relationship with Christ um can fulfill. Right. And so I mean obviously your your spouse can fill needs and and desires and and that kind of thing but it's not the relationship that is going to be able to fulfill you one you know all the way that's your relationship with Christ.
0: Yeah. Um there's a passage in in Matthew chapter 19 that talks about um it's similar to mark 10 it's the same type of same type of message that he's given there. he's teaching about divorce again and he says like what god has brought together let not man separate um unless it's on the grounds of sexual immorality mm-hmm. he reiterates that point and the disciples look at him and he's like then then who then then like then who can get married because everybody mm-hmm. b- back then just wanted to get married and then if anything came up they wanted to have that option mm-hmm. of of divorce um and so like you sense this hesitancy from the disciples to even get married in the first place because of, you know, what might happen if there's somebody that doesn't match what their true desires are or mm-hmm. what they, what they want in a marriage. And, you know, coming from someone who's not married yet, um, I think there's a lot of paralysis. Uh, I've experienced it in my life. And I think there's a lot of young people too, who just aren't getting married, aren't pursuing that, who like are putting it off, not necessarily because, they're not ready but because they're they're fearful of what might happen if this person isn't who i thought they would be or if they're not going to like fulfill all my desires in that way and there can be this paralysis that goes on where instead of trusting god and pursuing god through the marriage in spite of the faults that are there um, we want that option of just being able to leave it because it doesn't work for us
2: Right, and I think I also have to remember that you know, like as as you're growing older together and married and um, looking toward God together, you also are growing up. Yeah, you know, when Todd and I got married, um, when in our early twenties, we were not necessarily the same people that we are today. Yeah, um, but you have to grow up together.
0: Yeah, and yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, and there's so like there's just so much talk about like soulmates and you know, being, um, being the right person for each other. And I just think it like, it's so much marriage is so much more about commitment to the other person as opposed to finding the right one. I think there is an element of that, but I mean, yeah. Do you guys agree? Disagree?
1: No, I totally totally agree. agree. Let me, let me throw one more thing in there before we move on past this topic. Yeah. Um, I, I spent some time, time talking about that 50% of us. Well, first of all, from what I could find about 43% of first marriages in the U S end in divorce currently. And that's down, That's down for in the last 30 years. But I believe one of the main reasons of that is that people simply like Josh was just saying, they just simply don't get married anymore. Mm-hmm. Like a whole bunch of people out there will live together and wait and see what happens with their relationship before they tie the knot. And, yeah. you know, from a non, Christian perspective it kind of makes sense I guess but obviously we know that's not we know that that would be living in adultery and that's absolutely not what God intended but I believe that's the reason for why there's less divorce than there was because simply people aren't getting married as much anymore until they find out Mm -hmm. you know they live with them for a while and find out if they're compatible or whatever but like I said not condoning that Uh, but here's the, the the thing I wanted to say 50% 50% of the marriages that do get reported in the U.S. cite their reason as irreconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge deal. That, that goes back to what uh, these scribes and Pharisees were questioning Jesus on when they were like, well, can you get a divorce? And he said, yeah. He, G- Jesus says, what did Moses say? And they said, well, he said we could write a certificate of divorce and put her away. That's irreconcilable differences, right? That means there didn't really have to be much of a reason. They just had to state something. Yeah. And so it's, it's really like eye opening and sobering for me to think that 50% of divorces in our country cite irreconcilable differences, which basically means we just don't get along. Mm-hmm. We fell out of love. I mean, there's a there's 10 things you could put in there. We're not compatible. We thought we were we're no longer compatible. But it's it's become that easy. Mm-hmm. It it is a legal thing to be able to write that on there and cite that as your reason for divorce and then have it happen. So mm-hmm. that's a big one,
0: right? So yeah. So what happens? Like, um, like what would you guys give advice to people who are getting married or have been married in a short or short time? You know, for when those differences come up. Like obviously in a marriage, like you don't want irreconcilable differences, right? Um, and you want to pursue the unity of Christ together. But like. Like, what, what happens when those differences come up? I, I know you guys have had very limited differences in your marriage. <laughs> of that. course, this morning. <laughs> so yeah. far today, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: I think you just talk about it. And, you know, inevitably there'll be one person in the relationship who wants to talk about it and one doesn't. Yeah. Um, and I think you just have to power through and talk about it. And it's never going to be comfortable mm-hmm. because, um, you know, that's just not... When you're, you know, having differences, it's never comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you have that Christ-like love, um, and the sacrificial love that that Christ has for His church, His bride, you'll be able to work through.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anything from you, Todd?
1: Yeah, you know. Um In in the times in our marriage where we've had, you know, like real disagreements, like legitimate, real disagreements that we thought was going to be super detrimental to our relationship. We've always taken a little time and come back to each other and we always end up. Let's pray about it. Mm -hmm. Let's 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 forgive each other because that's what God tells us to do. And let's work this out and let's seek God and see what he would have us do. We we. No matter how upset we've ever gotten in our relationship, we always work back to that. We really do. And that's that I honestly think that's the difference. The difference is we might start it out in our flesh, but we end up in unity with Christ. Mm -hmm. And I really believe Christ honors that. And something to that is there is grace for. People there's grace and there's room for people to grow in a relationship. Think about people who used to get married when they were sixteen years old in America. I mean, that's how it was for a hundred years. Yeah. Some of them would live they would be married 50, 60, 70 years. That's because there's grace. You start out in a holy union and there's grace there. God lets you learn. He lets you grow. Mm-hmm. And uh there there I think that a lot of people's story is well, we started out so young and so naive and uh, immature, but you know we grew up. Amy said we grew up together. We, we really just did. We figured it out. Figured yeah. it okay. out. And, and I think that God, because of that marriage union instituted by God, I think that there's a lot of grace there, and He lets us grow. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think so, with that grace is there's a lot of forgiveness there, I, too. Th- that's the key. The key is
1: forgiveness. It's being able to always come back around to Christ and to be able to move on. That's yep. good.
0: Yeah, I asked my parents the same thing. They've been married for 33, 34 years. Forgive me if I'm wrong, mom and dad. <laughs> but um, yeah, I asked them about like what their secret is to this this long-lasting marriage and they said um, you know, first, you know, be willing to laugh at yourself and laugh with each other and two, just don't go to bed angry at one another. Mm, don't let that, That's a big one. Yeah, don't let, you know, differences and arguments and being mad at each other like, carry over too, too far. Like, I mean, this goes back to even the um, the anger message that Marcus preached a couple of weeks back. Like, if, if you remember that you have something against your brother or your sister, like, go and be reconciled to them, you know? And how much more would we be called to go be reconciled with our husband or wife that we, like, live with day in and day out? Absolutely. So true. So... Um, yeah. And so let's, we're winding down a little bit here. Um, let's just finish with this, this topic of reconciliation, because I think, you know, it's been a big theme throughout the, these antitheses where, you know, by no means are we condemning people who have been divorced. Like we, there, there's grace there. If, if there has been, you know, a relationship that's been broken in the past by that, like, um, we're not saying if, if you get divorced, you can't be a Christian anymore. Like we, we understand that, you know, there is grace for everybody. And, and Jesus, like, showed grace to people who went through that, like the woman at the well in, in John chapter 4, where, um, you know, she had been with five husbands, mm-hmm. you know. She
1: said, I don't have a husband. He said, yeah, you said that right. You've had five. <laughs> yeah,
0: but that, that did not lead him to condemn her at all. Like, right. he still That's stayed really- there and offered her the living water and offered her a place, like, in his kingdom, and he does the same to anybody else struggling with that, and um, what we've said from the very beginning is like none of these things that is that are talked about in the Sermon on the Mount are things that are required to get into heaven. All that's mm-hmm. required is a relationship with Jesus Christ and and acknowledging that he is your Savior. Uh, but these are practices of mm-hmm. people in his kingdom, right? Um, so, yeah, like what would you say to, you know, someone either in, in a big marriage conflict or someone who has walked through that? Like how can we pursue reconciliation god's way
1: well two things number one uh i read the big ephesians five twenty-five through 33 that's a pretty big passage i'm not going to read it all here but one of part of it says i'm trying to figure out which verse it was but it says that okay it's 28 in the same ways husbands should love their wives as their own bodies for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes it and cherishes it and i said you may say You don't love. I don't love my body, Todd, or whatever. Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. Who? And I said, who likes air conditioning? And everybody kind of snickered. And I said, who? Who's going to go eat lunch after this? And and that's the kind of thing that it's talking about. You're going to cherish your body, whether you mean to or not. You're going to try to make yourself comfortable. You're going to feed yourself and house yourself and try to get sleep. And that's the kind of love it's talking about to answer your question yeah. the kind of love it takes is the kind of love that you have for yourself mm-hmm. you have to be able to love your spouse with the love that you have for yourself and if you have let me ask you this do you eventually forgive yourself do you reconcile with yourself right you, you, you kind of have <laughs> I mean, to even if we're mad at ourselves we still eat mhm yep. and and we still we still seek comfort and right. and you know what i'm saying yeah and happiness mm-hmm. but um Also, the the other point to that is, uh, I read out of the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, I think I read 4 through 7, and I'm looking it up, but verse 7 is the one that really got me. Uh, Let's see, here it is. Here it is right here. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Mm -hmm. So the, the first part and the last part, love bears all things. Yeah. This is talking about perfect love. It's talking about Christ's love. And it says, love bears all things. And then the end of it is love endures all things. Mm-hmm. So good. Christ made it where his love is so great that it can bear and endure all things. Mm-hmm. That That's a picture of reconciliation. That's good.
2: Yes, yeah. absolutely. And um, that's it, a great passage that you know, everybody knows or everybody's heard of, or maybe even you have it on a in a frame on your wall somewhere in your living room, but do you really take time to read it and live it versus just have it as a decoration? Right. You know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and one, one final thing that I'll say is, you know, there were irreconcilable differences between us and God. Yeah, <laughs> at Jose the, and Gomer. Yeah, Jose and Gomer, <laughs> like, you know, and yet he still made a way through mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Like, And so if you're facing a situation where you feel like there's irreconcilable differences in your marriage or even in any relationship, like instead of looking for a way out and a way to escape it as soon as possible, look for a way to trust God through mm-hmm. it. You know, and I know, like, I'm not there yet, and I may be a little naive right now, but, um, but like, this is just what it's saying from the word of, you know, pursuing unity, pursuing reconciliation, pursuing commitment to the other person, um, you know, except on the grounds of sexual immorality, like, that's where it is permissible for uh, for divorce, but... But there's always grace there.
1: Even then, though, even, the, even with the, the case of sexual immorality, that is the story of Hosea and Gomer. That's For why sure. it's so beautiful, because yeah. God, God in that story proves that even though you have the right to do something as like revenge or to get, to get what they deserve, there's, there's love that's greater than that. Mm-hmm. And to be reconciled together is the ultimate plan of God. That's what's so be- beautiful about it is the, the the church being the bride of Christ. We will be reconciled with Christ to live forever. That's we will good. be. And so that's just the the picture there of marriage is God meant for it to last. And it certainly can. Yeah. It really can.
0: That's good. I think that's a good place as any to end on right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. It's perfect. Um, well, listener, thank you so much for joining us, Todd and Amy. Thank you for, for coming out and joining us on this special episode of this podcast. Um, For those of you just who don't really know where we record, we're in a different room. So a little bit behind the scenes, we're in a different room because the the power was turned off in another room. Um, There's no air conditioning in here, but but we made it work this morning. By God's (laughs) grace, we're here. Um, But listener, thank you again so much for joining us and and listening to this podcast. Uh, We pray that you would join us um, this coming Sunday at 10 a.m. in City Church in Gainesville. And until next time.